Okay. Boy, those kids, they got some theology going there, huh? Love that. Let's open our Bibles. Third John, please. Third John chapter 1. Well, there's only one chapter. Third John and verse 5. Some people write a third John 1 verses such and such. And they just, that's the kind of the way they do it. But, but I just say third John 5. So let's go to third John 5. And we're going to pick it up where we left off, but uh, a little bit of review from last time about this guy named Gaius who was a, just a really close friend, someone who was really loved by John the Apostle. And he wrote to him and, and he talked about the testimony that he had, what people who came and, and told John about him, what they had seen and what they had heard from this guy Gaius. And they saw truth. That's what they said. They saw that, that the truth was in him, and they saw that he was walking in the truth. So the truth is in him, and he is in the truth. His life is in the truth. The truth is in him. Of course, it, it kind of has to start there where the, we get the truth in us, and it, it should affect our lives that we would then, uh, the way we live, the way we walk would be changed by the truth that is dwelling within us as, as we have received it. I also like this idea of, of a testimony of truth that it's true. It's not fake. It's not, you know, something we put on, but it's actually true. And that quote, and I tried to find out who actually uh, said it the very first time. It's hard to find, but it says that we may be the only Bible that people ever read. You and I. When, when Lisa got up onto the porch of this lady's house, there was, Jesus was there. The, the Word of God was there. And, and she saw something that just broke her. So we all have a testimony. And, and uh, may it be a testimony of truth. Today we're going to look at this guy Gaius. And, and uh, something else about his testimony is that he had this care and he had this hospitality. And he had, and he had this for, for those who would serve, those who were going out. We've talked about that in, in Second John. He, you know, he said, watch out for the false teachers, those that would come around. And, and there were teachers that would travel and they would you know, bring the truth and they would bring teaching. And, and from, the, from the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, and they would teach. And there were some that were false teachers, but... But just because there were false teachers doesn't mean that there weren't true teachers as well. And so there were many true teachers that were going around. And Gaius was one of these guys who uh, took care of them. Because, you know, you go out and, and, and there wasn't, you know, a Holiday Inn on the corner. Or, you know, there were inns, but they were actually kind of dangerous places. And so the Christians would take care. They would take them into their homes and take care of them. And this is what Gaius would do for the sake of the name. So John kind of gives encouragement to his friend, which we all need. We all need to encourage one another. And John encourages his friend. And let's read together verses 5 through 8. John says, Dear friend, same thing that he has said uh, twice already. Dear beloved friend, uh, Agapetus, one that I really love. He says, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. 
you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans or the unbelievers. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. Dear friend, I just love that. There's this relationship that he had. And he said, dear beloved friend, agapetos, one who I really love in this agape love. And, 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 then he, and then he tries to encourage him. And we certainly can and should encourage one another. But, but he had this testimony. Gaius had this testimony that he cared for people, that he took care of people. He didn't just care. Oh, I love you. But he did something. And that's what we're going to talk about today. He, he had this care for those who were out ministering, those who were out serving. And, and three things kind of come to mind as I, as I look at these verses here. He says, the first thing he says, you are faithful in what you're doing for the brothers, even though they're strangers to you. He says, you're, you're faithful. You're faithful. It was a testimony of faithfulness. That's, that's really the number one thing, I think, in serving the Lord, is to be faithful. Paul said it in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That's what God wants from us, you know. He, he doesn't want us to, you know, uh, for us. He doesn't want us because we're so fantastically gifted, though he gives gifts. He gives the gifts that we have. He wants us just to be available and to be faithful with what he's given to us. This word faithful means to be reliable, right? Well, you have a faithful friend. They're reliable. They, they are constant. They're dedicated. They will show up. You know, for years and years and years, we've been doing this for a long time here. Not necessarily here in this particular location, but, but we, we've said it, uh, and those of you that have been around a long time, no, we just, we, we just want to show up and see what God will do. Now, that doesn't mean we don't prepare. We prepare as much as we can, but in the end, we need to show up. You can prepare all you want, but if you don't show up, what good is that? You've got to show up you got to be faithful. It also means to be true to one's word. If you tell someone, I'm going to be there, you do it. You're faithful. Another interesting thought about this word faithful in terms of the archaic meaning of the word is just like the way you see it. Faithful or full of faith. So not only do you show up, but you, you have this faith that God will do something. So Gaius had this testimony that he was just faithful. He was going to show up. He was, he was available. And, and I've heard that quote where, that says, you know, it's, it's not our ability that God looks for. It's our availability. And are we going to be available and to show up? Jesus said, you know, that uh, in Matthew 25, he says, what, what were the words that, that you would want to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Not you did a fantastic job, but you've been faithful. And each one of us have been given gifts, as I already mentioned, 
different gifts. We're all different. In Matthew chapter 25, he talks about how each was, you know, was gifted differently. So what have you been given and are you being faithful with what you have been given? It's a challenge. I understand it is a challenge. But that's what God wants us to do. What has God put before you? You know, what, what, you know, what kind of race has he set out before you that he wants you to be faithful in? There was a, I found this quote by somebody named S.D. Gordon. And he wrote a book called The Bent Knee Time. Now, uh, that's an interesting, it, it's kind of like a, a devotional. And, and I, I haven't seen it, but I looked it up. The bent knee time. I like that title where, where we bend the knee before God each and every day. But he said this. He said, we have nothing to do with how much ability we've got or how little. But with what we do with what we have. The man with great talent is apt to be puffed up. And the man with little talent to belittle the little that he has. Poor fools, he says. God gives it, much or little. Our part is to be faithful, doing the level best with every bit and scrap. Doing the level best with every bit and scrap. Be faithful with what God has set before you. That's the, that's the number one thing, to be faithful. He said, you are faithful. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers. Number two, we see in that, in that same verse as well that, uh, oh, that he, says, he says you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers. There's this testimony of action. So he has this testimony that he's faithful. He he's shows up. He's reliable. He's going to be there. He's, 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 he's constant. But he does something. He actually does something. He actually has action. He actually gets involved somehow. I remember a, a book that, that came out a while back, and the title of it was Do Something. And, you know... We, we put together a big board of all the different things that you could do around the church and that. And, you know, a few people stepped up and some people got more involved. But, but you know, the, the truth is there are a lot of things that can be done, but you need to do something. It was a testimony of action. And, and, and you know, <clears throat> those, the parable of the talents, you know, one was given ten, one was given five, one was given one, and, and they were supposed to use what they had, and then they would kind of give an accounting of it later. But the one with ten, you know, he multiplied it all, one with five, but it was the one with one. What did he do? He buried it, he hid it, and he, and he, you know, he gave it back to him. Well, here's what you gave me. Sometimes we think, you know, I don't have much, and that keeps us from doing anything. But that's the guy that got in trouble. What do you have? You say, well, I haven't got much. All I can do is cut donuts. <laughs> then the other guy says, well, all I can do is eat them. <laughs> well, <laughs> and we're going to do donuts once a month. You know, there's this Christian, this new outfit around the corner is a Christian place, and 
we want to support them too, you know. And the donuts were pretty good too. But do something. Uh, do something. Don't hide it in the sand. Don't bury it. And, you know, I really, really wish, and, and I'm, I kind of wish that, that God would just send me like a, an email with every one of your names and say, well, this is what, you know, Joe is supposed to do. And then I could just pass that out to you. You know, some of you, I can look at you and I go, yeah, you know, I can see that you are gifted to do such and such. And this is what you're supposed to step up and do something with. But some of you, I don't know. I, I haven't got the email yet. But you can pray and you can ask God, well, what is it you want me to do? What, what's my testimony? You know, I've seen people come and, and it, it's interesting. It, it's been, and I don't know what the connection is, but it's usually the strongest people that I've seen that happen are people in the military who come from out of town and they're stationed here for a period of time. And they say, you know what? I don't have a lot of time, so I want to get involved. I want to do something. What can I do? And it's blown me away. You know, I can name some of the names. People, you can think back and some of the people who've been here know. But you know, you don't have to be in the military to do that, right? How much time do we have? We don't know how much time any one of us has. So what can I do? What can I do? Gaius, this guy, he opened his heart and he opened his home and, and it was just hospitality. You know, maybe you, you got the gift of hospitality and, and, you know, you hear somebody's sick, somebody, you know, well, I could make them a meal and we could get it to them somehow. But maybe it never gets past, well, I could. How about, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. I'm going to go get the ingredients. I'm going to make that happen. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4, he said, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to share, or excuse me, to, to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Everyone, each one should use whatever gift he's received. Gaius, he just stepped up. He opened his home. You know, he, he cared for the, the ministers, the true ministers of the word. Not the false ones, but the true ministers of the word. And, and he stepped out. And, he, and it says here, John says, even though they were strangers to you, you didn't know them. Not that they were strange. Maybe they were strange. I don't know. But they were strangers. He didn't know them, but yet he was still willing to take a chance. And do what God gifted him and provided for him to do. 1988, we came to New England. Five kids with us. We had our nephew with us. Five kids, big station wagon, pulling a U-Haul trailer. But we believed God had a plan, and we... We had different contacts, different people all around, different states of New England, and we went and visited each one. And there was a family in Rhode Island, one family, and they took us in. They took us in. 
And they let us stay in their house when they left for vacation. They had barely met us. They, they said, here's the keys to our house. Stay here. And then when they came back two weeks later, they, they said, well, you can keep staying here. So we're all like lined up on the floor, like, you know, seven of us, you know. The kids are all lined up. They're little, so it's okay. They, they don't care sleeping on the floor. They're all lined up. But they insisted that we stay with them. They wanted to take care of us. Some of you know who I'm talking about, don't you? And, and you know what? That led to open doors for us here in Rhode Island. Literally. Oh, we had somewhere we could stay, but it was back in upstate New York. We could stay there. We had an open door to stay there, but it wasn't where we wanted to be in New England. But because of that hospitality, you see how, you see how these things happen? Because they were willing to open up their hearts and their homes. God used it. And it's one of the main reasons why we are here today. When Jesus was walking, uh, you know, with two disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, it says that they were kept from recognizing who he was. And, but he explained things to them. He opened, you know, the scriptures to them and their minds were kind of blown away by what he was saying because they were, they were confused about Jesus and, you know, the fact that he had been crucified. But Jesus was going to go further than, than them, but it says they urged him strongly, stay with us. Stay with us. So, so Jesus did. And it says in Luke chapter 24, he says, when, when he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he began to give it to them. And it says, then their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus. They recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Had they not urged him and, and been hospitable, what would have happened? They wouldn't, they wouldn't have seen him for who he was. Incredible. Hebrews chapter 13 says, Don't forget to entertain strangers, for by, doing some, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing. And you don't know. We're kind of, you know, you got to be careful. I get that. We got to be careful. I'm, I'm, you know, I came, my... You know, I came out growing, you just don't trust anybody. But that's not necessarily a good thing. Sometimes you need to just give people a chance. And even though you don't know them, you don't know. Sometimes you look at their face and say, that is the meanest person I have ever met. Looking at their face. Some of you are thinking about that me right now. But then you talk to them and you, you begin to hear their story and you go like, wow, this is the nicest person I have ever met. Because we get past the fear, we get past the, the you know, the, the uh, preconceived ideas. The third thing that was part of Gaius' testimony was love. It was a testimony of love. Look what it says there. Verse 6, he says, they have told the church about your love. They've told the church about your love, this agape love. Again, they, they testified about what they'd seen and heard in this guy, Gaius. He, he, he just loved people. He wasn't afraid to love people unselfishly. So he was faithful, he, he had action, and he had love. Uh, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, you can do all kinds of things, but if you don't have love, guess what? 
It's just a bunch of noise. It's just a bunch of rattling, you know, clanging noise. But with love, it, it, it kind of brings it all together, doesn't it? It puts it all together. It makes it all really happen. So, so John is encouraging uh, Gaius, and he has a couple more things here to say. We have, a, we have a few more minutes, I think. But he encourages him, you know, you, you've been faithful. You have been active. You've been doing something, and you have that love. And basically what he goes on to tell them is keep, keep it up. Keep going. Keep doing what you've been doing. You're doing a good thing. Well, don't stop now. Look in verse, uh, the middle of verse 6. He says, you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. You will do well to, to send them on their way. Now, he could have said, no, we want to keep you here to ourselves. We're going to keep you. We're going to make you stay here. But that wasn't what their ministry was. Their ministry was, was itinerant to go from place to place to place. That's what God had called them to do. But God was calling Gaius, and God is calling us as a church, not just to send them on their way. This word actually means to send them forward and to fit them with what was needed to, to do what they're called to do. So that, that gets very practical. And I, I'm, I'm more of a practical-minded person. Uh, practical help. They, they need funds. They need food. They need some kind of help to do what they've been called to do. This practical help. He says, you'll do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. You'll do well to, to, to keep sending them on their way. One of, the, one of the things that is also true is that not all can go. Not all of us can go. Some can go, but we can send. If we can't go, we can send them. We can take care of them. And, and I think that is what you know, churches are absolutely called to do is to send people out, to send people on their way. You know, we, we aren't a large church, but, you know, we, we can take care of people. And we, you know, as we've heard uh, numerous times today, we can help people in their ministry, in their mission, whatever it is that they've called to do. We can help support them financially. We can pray for them as we do. We can do all kinds of different things, practical things for them. And we do that, and we've been doing it for a long time. As I said, we're not a huge church, but, and we can't do gigantic things, but we can do small things, and we can do them faithfully. And we've been doing that faithfully. Some of the people that we support, we've been supporting for over 20 years. And, and some of you, you know, you, you don't even know who they are, and that's okay. As long as we're continuing to be faithful, we don't know, need to know all the details. We need to know that, that we're being faithful with what God has given to us. We try to, you know, uh, uh, give, you know, uh, uh, a percentage of, of, of the income that we have as a church goes directly to outreach, whether it's, you know, missionaries, our festival outreach, our our radio outreach, the different outreaches that we try to help and support. That's what we should do. That's what we're called to do. You say, well, I can't go out, but you can help. You can send. You can pray. You can give. 
He says, do it in a manner worthy of God, and that means to do it well. And God is honored by what we do. So those who went out, and, and I want to kind of finish with this, this thought here. It says that, that they went out in verse 7 for the sake of the name. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans, the unbelievers. And we ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. They went out for, for themselves. They went out to build their own name. Uh, some, some ministries, it, it seems like that's the case. They're, they're going out because they want, to, they want people to admire them. They want people to, to know their names. But John says they went out for the sake of the name. What name? Their name? No. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Paul said in Philippians, the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Now we know God, you know, the names of God is a fascinating study. I found a list of the different names of God, but, but for people, you know, what do people need to hear about? What is our connection? What is our pathway to, to God? It's the name of Jesus. And so they went out for the sake of the name. They weren't asking for money. They weren't, you know, charging people to go out. But it's up to us as the church and as believers to send those people, to support those people. He says, that, he says there in verse 8 that we may work together for the truth. You know, it's an interesting thing, but, you know, even though we don't go, we take part in their ministry. Those missionaries that we support, the, the school that we, we get behind, you know, it, it's part of the, the shared fruit of our lives and, and of our work. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, it says those who went out in, in the battle and those who stayed behind, they, they would share together the fruit. David said, the share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. All will share alike. So it's not just those who go out that get the fruit. You and I get the fruit too. And one day we'll stand before God and he'll say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Those of you who were sending as well as those who went. So we need to be faithful and we need to be active. And we need to do it with agape. That's what God's called us to do. I want to close, if you'll turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. We'll read these verses uh, together. Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> and starting in verse uh, 15. Philippians chapter 4. Just previous to this, Paul was talking about the secret of being content. And he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to be content. But look at verse 15. It says, Paul says, moreover, as you Philippians know, 
In the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. This church at Philippi, they, they said, we want to t- take care of you. You know, Paul, he, he was going out. He was definitely itinerant. He was going out and they were taking care of him. Verse 16, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Verse 17, and we don't necessarily see this much from some of the people we see on TV perhaps, but he says, not that I'm looking for a gift. I'm not begging you for it, but but he, he says, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. You see, even though they weren't able to go out with Paul, they supported and they sent him, you know, gifts when he was in need again and again, but, but it was credited to their account. That's incredible. Jesus talked about using the money that we have wisely to further the kingdom. So, so, so many times we're holding on to everything we have thinking, you know, I got to hold on to this, otherwise I may not have enough to survive on it unless I, you know, hold on to it and and we don't support the church, we don't support missionaries, we don't support and help others that are in need. But look what he says in verse 18. He says, I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus your gifts, the gifts you sent. He says, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Is that sweet or what? They sent gifts. They sent aid. They helped others. They were willing just to give, not worrying about whether they were going to have enough, you know, for everything and anything that they wanted and needed. And, And you and I, we have so much. We have so much. It doesn't matter how much you make, honestly. You have a lot. You and I in this country, we have a lot. But look what, look what the promise is here in verse 19. He says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. We think, you know, sometimes, well, I can't, I can't help that person. I can't do that. I can't give to the church. I can't, you know, I, I'm having trouble with this. But, but Paul says, you know what? God, God is going to meet every one of your needs because he's got riches, glorious riches. You know, we've been, we've been uh, you know, tithing and giving above a tithe for, for you know, our whole lives as Christians, as believers. And you know what? We have never, ever gone without. Ever. And we haven't made a lot of money in a lot of different jobs and different situations. But God has taken care of us. And, and, and you know what? I think it's a principle. It's a spiritual principle that, you know, it's, it's a, a measure of our hearts. And this isn't a message. This, this isn't a message about, you know, you guys got to, you know, start giving and tithing. But, but, but I would be you know, remiss if I didn't, if I didn't say to you that, that this is a spiritual thing. 
the giving, you know, letting go, because everything that we have, God has given to us in the first place. Everything that you have, God has given to you. And when we, when we give it and we give, you know, there are some, some people, my friend, uh, Pastor Joe in, in Connecticut, he's one of the most generous people. He just give. He give whatever he has. There are people like that, and I want to be like that. I want that to rub off on me. Just be generous. Just give. Oh, you, you hear about a need somewhere. Well, can you send them something? Can you do something? My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. That, that's just incredible. You know what? So let's be faithful. This testimony that Gaius said. Let's, let's be active. Let, let there be action. Let's do something. Well, you know, I'd like to help that person over there. And that's as far as it gets. No, let's do something about it. And let's ask God for that agape love because it's the first fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, first fruit. And let that be part of who we are, who we are as individuals and who we are as a church as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've given us and we thank you for this testimony, the testimony of what was seen and heard of, of this guy, Gaius. Father, may it be true of us that we would be faithful, that we would be people who take action, that we would be people of agape love. Father, forgive us for, for holding on to that Maybe that one talent and burying it in the sand and not being willing to give it out and, and let it uh, bear fruit. Forgive us, Lord. I've done it so many times. Forgive me, Lord. Fear keeps us. Fear of what might happen. Fear of what we might not have or what, what we might not get. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to be those kind of people like Gaius and knowing that you're going to take care of us, that you always will take care of us because you are faithful. As even these fifth graders said it over and over, I kept hearing, God is faithful. You are faithful. Help us to be faithful. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for all the years that we've been able to support missionaries and ministries and sending Bibles into China. God, who knows how many Bibles we have been able to send into China over the last 20 years. We just faithfully give. It's not a big amount of money, but it's enough to send a bunch of Bibles. The ministries in Thailand, this orphanage that teaches people, teaches children about you ministry in Israel and Jerusalem and in Beersheba trying to share the gospel in a very difficult place to share the gospel Nicaragua and Mexico and so many other places where you've called us Lord CareNet here in Rhode Island West Bay Christian Academy Lord 
Help us just to be faithful, continue to be faithful. Lord, the most important thing is the name, the name of Jesus. And that we've surrendered our lives to this Savior, this one who came for us, this one who died in my place. We surrender our hearts and lives, and, and, and we want to give to you our lives. And, and like the burnt offering, we offer ourselves completely up to you today. We don't know about tomorrow. Maybe there's someone who's never surrendered to Jesus today. Today is a good day. You can surrender and say, Jesus, I, I need you. I, I want you in my life today. And you can pray with me right now and say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Save me today. In Jesus' name.